Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. at a bank folks we got the day off baby oh oh way to rub it in happy yes <laughs> lest we forget happy remembrance day november 11. Happy um, day. yeah man so it's good to talk to you guys um i've been up for a little bit i've been i've been working i got i got a couple of podcasts uh have i've shipped out a couple podcasts i'm editing and i'm doing this podcast all podcasts galore today uh, boy, I can't skip this one because, you know, I love talking to you guys. And it's Friday. Um, so happy Friday. Welcome to That's a Rap podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans, for Raptors fans. Your Raptors are actually playing tonight. We are dating this again on November 11th. The Raptors are going to play the Oklahoma City Thunder, i.e. the Lou Dort, the Shea Gilgis, Alexander, the Canadian Connections. Uh, I'm sure they love playing against Toronto. I know... I know that there's this whole like Shay is not happy with OKC, blah 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 nonsense. But it's honestly just so good to see Shay and Dort uh, play so well, you know, in the NBA and and cementing themselves with the OKC Thunder. So I've no, I don't want to go into all those rumors, but I want to talk strictly about the Toronto Raptors. As you, I'm sure, as Raptor fans know already. We're kind of bit with the injury bug. So at this moment, Siakam is out with a right abductor strain from from the Dallas game. He will be reevaluated on the 20th, which is the two week mark. And for Precious, yeah, he oh, so Dre, you were at the game. Yeah, like, yeah, um, it's one of those things for because it was in such a heated moment. Um, I don't think Mm -hmm. everybody noticed the point that they were like cheering him on when he had to leave but uh he was in agony he was in pure agony when we saw him like he was down had to be helped off the court and even like on the bench when all when the game was just continuing 
and this is the type of stuff you don't see on TV until they do an extreme close-up. Um, mm-hmm. When they were continuing the game, because they had to continue the game, and he was on the bench just in pure agony. I was like, this guy's being taken out. Uh, and we knew it. So yeah, it, it yeah. looked really bad. And unfortunately, so, it sounds like it is. So per Tim Bontem, the Raptors say Precious Achua is out indefinitely with a partial tear of, of ligaments in his right ankle. Uh, so just doing a little bit of, you know, doctor research, the a right a tear in the ligament in the right ankle could take a few weeks or could take several months to heal depending on the tear and as you said dre it didn't look very good of course they're not going to release like the precise x-ray or or exactly how long it's going to take but i'm assuming that precious is going to be out for for some time months at least like two months i think you think so, eh? Yeah. Damn. It, it looked okay. really like he could not also, walk. Let's also remember that this is like the best medical staff in the NBA. That's true. Um, That's true. Which, which, which mm-hmm. works two ways, right? One, you know that he's getting the right care. But two, you know that this, this medical staff is also very cautious, right? So even if he mm-hmm. is close to 100%, they're not letting him play, right? So yeah, this can go fair. anywhere between the, 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 the two weeks that are originally outlined before they check him out again, the two months that, that Dre's kind of uh, hypothesizing here. But yeah, it's not a good look considering also like we, we add in Siakam's injury and then we add in uh, Ken Birch is also out with, yeah. with right knee sprinness. That's three of your four centers. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah. And pressure I mean, good thing that this whole lineup is are are not inter, not you know obviously you you take out someone like Siakam or Precious who are huge parts of your lineup, but like everyone is kind of the same body type. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of you can kind of throw in anybody, but at, at this moment, yeah, like even with with Siakam too, he's going to be reevaluated on the twentieth. That doesn't mean he's going to come back. That just means that they're going to see how he's going to feel, how he's going to look on the 20th. And we don't know how long that's going to be after the 20th mark. So it's going to be some time to, before we see Siakam and Precious, I think. And also remember, but that doesn't... Every, every other time that Siakam's been injured, he's been slow to get back. Slow in terms of like he'll get on the court, but he's not himself, mm-hmm. right? He needs a few games to kind of get up to speed, right? That's what happened last yeah. year when he came back after missing a good chunk of the beginning of the season, it took him several weeks to kind of get into all NBA form. So yeah, the, the Raptors are a bit shorthanded here for the next little yeah. while. Yeah. But that doesn't mean like, okay, so I know we weren't, we we're going to go, we started off a little somber, but that doesn't mean that this Raptors team is out. Uh, it We're, we're going to forfeit or anything like that. One, Fred is back and he looks good. Like mm-hmm. he looks tired <laughs> because he's playing more than uh, almost 40 minutes a game, but he's looking good. OG is obviously uh, fan- looking fantastic. We're going to talk about him, but I want to focus more on the vets. And we're talking about both Thaddeus Young and Otto Porter Jr. So Otto Porter, he pl- he's only played about five games right now, but the last game he played, uh, against the Houston Rockets, he was kind of like the the extra oomph that the Raptors were looking for. Of course, you got points uh, from OG and from Fred, who kind of uh, steadied the ship and and were basically won the game for you. But they needed somebody else, and step in Otto Porter Jr., who obviously he he his conditioning needs to go up a little bit because he's been out. He hasn't have a training camp. Um, he's still getting used to his teammates, but he's a vet. 
right? And it's good to see someone like Auto Pointer that that Nick Nurse can utilize and know that, okay, I could throw out Chris Boucher for a little bit longer. I could throw Coloco a little bit longer, but sometimes you just need a veteran's uh, perspective, veterans, you know, calmness, which Auto Porter definitely gives you. So, Dre, I'm going to start with you, man. You were at the game. As soon as both that and Auto went into the game, was it a little bit less tense, you'd say, or less uh, chaotic? Well, Thaddeus Young uh, had a bit of a butterfinger complex happening where he was just slipping the ball a lot. But otherwise, you know, he, he was playing his heart out. Uh, Otto Porter was like a delight to watch. I hope he didn't hear me yeah. when I called him Will Chamberlain Jr. But I was like uh, so excited to see <laughs> royalty in the flesh. Uh, no, Otto Porter was balling. Like he, he was having he, he was looking really good. And mm-hmm. Otto Porter, 23 minutes which is definitely the longest that he's played uh, for this team. He made two threes, two huge threes. Jay, I want to ask you about Thad, man. Last game he played, he played 26 minutes with zero points, and he was a plus 21. That's yeah. that's veteran right there. And also, it's only the second time all season that anyone in the NBA has had zero points and a plus 20 or more. The only other being uh, Jordan McLaughlin of, of the Timberwolves, but that kind of shows you his impact, right? It, yeah. it doesn't matter if he scores or not. He's he's yeah. deflect. He's causing deflections. He is setting up his teammates. So that's the Thad that this team needs. And you know, it's a bit perplexing. I, I don't know if I've read anything or heard anything about why he was parked on the bench for several games over the past couple of weeks. But Siakam's injury and now. Chua's injury is kind of forcing Nick Nurse's hand a little, and it's kind of working in his favor. Seeing more of that is a good thing. And his chemistry with Boucher, it's he has a chemistry with with Porter from their days at, at, in Chicago, right? So it's kind of good to see them playing off each other. We need that veteran presence, especially during this time when the team is short-handed. So yeah, I like what I've seen from from that. I'm hoping that this uptick in minutes is is here to stay at least while the team deals with the injuries. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to him kind of steadying the ship. I've, I've always thought of him as the Fred Van Vliet of the bench. While, while Fred kind of mm. captained the ship for the starters, like, yes, you have your dynamic score in, in Siakam. You, you have that, you know, microwave scoring ability of Gary Trent. Fred just keeps everyone steady. And I think that yeah. Thad has that capability to do that from the bench. This is why... Delano or Flynn haven't really been earmarked as the backup point guard. It's just kind of been fluid, right? Um, Siakam, mm-hmm. Scotty, they'll they'll play some time with the bench and handle the rock. But personally, I'd like to see Thad kind of taking that role, right? Where you know Siakam can can sit down for longer stretches of time, and Fred can sit down for longer stretches of time, and then they can trust that Thad can can be your your playmaker in a half court set. He's got that experience there, right? So. I don't know. Good sign so far, and, I, and I, I'm liking yeah. where this is trending toward. Let's stay with the good signs portion of this show because we're gonna. I'm gonna try to not be biased. Bias aside, but OG Ananobi is playing defensive player of the year. <laughs> he's he's playing like the defensive player of the year. He is balling out, as Dre said. He is number one in steals at the moment with 3.1 per game. He has a total so far of 37 steals. Uh, 
in 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 this season in 12 games 37 is 12 games and he's number two in deflections at 4.1 this is crazy guys he didn't even make top he he wasn't even in this total steals like markings in the uh last year he he already has 37 this year i don't know how much more he can get and i when i was watching the game last night i i thought that or that the last game the previous games against houston og knows exactly where the ball is going to be before anyone else knows where it's going to be he knows where to read the ball he his his on-court awareness on the defensive end he's like the fred is really good at steals too because i'm pretty sure he's number three but i think like og is just like hunting for balls like he's he's it's hard to explain he's he's almost like i'm gonna steal every single goddamn ball on every possession i can and throughout the whole entire game he doesn't he goes all out every single possession on the defensive end no and and that's taken away of the fact that he's playing he he's putting up numbers uh on the offensive end too he's uh, like what do you guys see in og right now what is the difference between this year's og between last year's og and even the past because i haven't seen this type of og i think this is what we've all wanted to see from og and Inobi. what do you guys think so like at the game that I was at, like I said, there were a few mental lapses from all players on our side, hence why the team with the lowest record in the league was leading at occasional points. And that includes Ramoji as well, where I would sometimes see him miss somebody, drive into the key, and then score like right behind him, like kind of like wondering where, where was he. But then you could tell every time he would that would happen, he would notice it would happen and then try to refrain from letting it happen again. So to your point where he's trying to calculate where the ball is going to go, he's trying to calculate everything. He's not just doing what the coach tells him to do, what the playmakers are, t- are telling, or like where the playmakers are telling him to be. He is, to me, I think trying to take charge of himself. Hence why he okay. is doing so much on the defensive end, like with the amount of steals that he has. Never mind the other defensive strengths that he has and i feel like the defensive player of the year award typically goes to people who excel in blocks or excel in last year's case in charges or steals like with um the marcus smart more so the charges let's say uh og is pretty much trying to take charge of all of that while also being just a brilliant offensive player as well. Like if he keeps it up the way yeah. that he's going right now, and if the Raptors should have a really good, uh, really good record by the time all-star break comes, I think he should at least be one of the last few people to squeak in. Like, I think he's put on a full on display, a complete package of a player. And this is like you mm-hmm. said, exactly the OG that people said, wait, he's going to blossom. Hang on to him. He's going to be great. Yes. He's starting to finally exhibit this sign, these signs of completeness. He's yeah. going for that that defensive player of the year, don't you think? Like, yeah, he's he's already like he's. We're not having the all defense conversation anymore. No, no, like, no. He's no. he's in there. He's in there as his first team. He's doing everything that Marcus Smart did last year, but better. Right, Marcus Smart yeah. didn't actually lead the league in anything last year, defensive wise. Mm-hmm. And to, mm-hmm. to Dre's point, you know the. There will be the, the voters will be a mix of traditional stats people and advanced stats folks, right? And OG's always been tending more towards the advanced. I feel like this year he's been like, you know what? Fine. If you want me to pick up steals, 
fine, I'll do it. Yeah. There was like a, <laughs> and Drake, Drake can probably speak to this more than I can because there was a 90 second stretch in the third quarter where he got three steals. Yep. It was on back to back plays. Yeah. yeah, it was. And crazy. then a minute later, it was like that's that's just more like okay, fine, I'll do it. Fine, here's your three steals because at halftime he had zero steals, right? Yeah. It was yeah. like no, 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 fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. Fine. And and Jason, your your point about deflections, four point one. That's actually first in the NBA. OG Ananobi is first in hmm. loose balls recovered uh, in the NBA. He is number one in steals, so he's getting the. Of both, right? He's getting the the traditional stats of steals and the advanced ones in in like deflections and, and loose balls recovered, and he's it's it's like he's uh almost like a vampire and he smells blood. He's yes. he's going after it and he's just yes. and what this does is it changes how the opponents attack the Raptors, right? If OG is on one side of the court, that's the side of the court you're probably trying to avoid, and then you got Fred on the other side of the court. It's like oh crap, what am I going to do here? And then that doesn't even take into factor all the wingspan that Raptors have. So there's a lot to like here. And the fact that OG's steal numbers are going up is getting more recognition. And it's going to reflect in how the opponent plays against the Raptors and affect their offensive plan, right? So let's see how that goes over the next few days and how teams adjust. But right now, I mean, he's, he's hands down the best defender in the NBA. What he has to do right now is just continue with this pace and stay healthy which has always been a troublesome thing That's, with him, but yeah he okay. stays healthy his name will continue to be at the top of people's minds as bad as it sounds because uh, i don't wish injuries and stuff on anybody um i feel like this siakam injury at least this little stretch has really catapulted his chances because a lot of people when they think of defensive player of the year and this is why miles turner was never given an opportunity despite the fact that he's been worthwhile of it for a while um the DPOY typically goes to the player that a lot of people watch the most, whether it's like a team leader or the second option. And here he's been completely undeniable because he's had to be the team leader at times with Siaka being out. So at this point, the fact that he's already on that ladder that you see from like ESPN and stuff, it's like, okay, now you can't, now you're watching him. So once Siaka is back, you're going to keep watching him because you know that he's there. So he's already, he's already put his name out there. and. As you said, as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, he's got a really good chance of get, at getting this because as much as they want to give it to Giannis for a third time, which is entirely possible, if you look at like Ben Wallace and um, and Rudy Gobert, it's entirely possible to win this three times. Um, I feel like they also might want to give it to somebody else like they did last year with uh, with Marcus Smart. So I, it, I, it's looking good. It's looking really good. To be him. fair, to, to, to also to Jay's point is, is that Last year, the Marcus Bart was tied sixth in steals. So it's not that the number one uh, steal getter, who was DeJounte Murray last year with 138, is going to be named Defensive Player of the Year. But just looking at the the like just the top three of this year right now, OG with 37 and 33.1. Underneath that is, again, DeJounte Murray, but at 27 at 2.3. And underneath that, Dennis Smith Jr. at 25 at 1.9. He's... So what I think 
when it comes to OG, if you ever throw a pass that's not linear, that is going to be a kind of like a sky pass or like a moonshot pass, OG is going to pick that off. And I also noticed that like whenever on the defensive end, you know, when on the offensively, you look for the person or you look for your teammate who is on fire, who has the hot hand, you give it to him so he can a get a heat check or, or, you know, basically you, you want to feed the fire. When it comes to defensive end, it's almost like, okay, OG, go get your steals. The team knows. The team knows that they can. he can guard one to five. He's extremely strong uh, with his build. And his hands uh, are very active. And his stance is so, so low uh, that even if he does play a, a, you know, a normal a point guard, that he can guard him. And... I just love what the team notices of OG. And during that like 90 minute stretch, I feel like two, he could have gotten two more. You know, I, I feel like he could have gotten five or six deals that game alone. So again, yes, I think that I'm not going to say uh, OG is the defensive player of the year, but damn, damn, he looks good, guys. Uh, who's got stronger hands, OG or Fred? Uh, OG. OG. OG? <laughs> yeah. I think he's got a stronger. He's got he's stronger, but like when when hands are swiping, I don't know if anyone swipes harder than Fred. Like that's true. I haven't seen. Like, see, I've got like I see OG or something. I see OG get like traditional steals, whereas Fred will get untraditional blocks and also steal the ball from centers. I haven't seen someone who's like 5'9 steal so many basketballs from giant centers before. So, you know, you have a point, Dre. Jay. You, I think Fred might have a, a run for OG's money when it comes to the strongest hands or maybe strongest forearms. I don't know, man. <laughs> you know? Okay, so let's, let's look towards uh, the future, right? Again, we're talking about, uh, we're recording this on the 11th. The Raptors are, are in Oklahoma City tonight. They're going to face the Thunder. Uh, and then they're going to face, they're go- it, it is a not a back-to-back, but they're going to face the Pacers tomorrow in Indiana. And then we see the first Dwayne Casey uh, Detroit Piston game in Detroit on Monday. We'll see if we can finally, you know, etch out a win for some reason against Detroit. And then we're finally back home on Wednesday against the Heat. Jay, Dre, what do you guys see when it comes to the Thunder, Pacers, Pistons, and the Heat? I'm going to do something to you guys that you don't like, and that's hit you with a trivia question. Okay. Um, and it's relate, it relates to these games. Um, four Canadians have averaged 20 points or more in a season. Four. Okay. Name the four. Well, I know one is Wiggins. Okay. Wiggins is one. Yep. For sure he Wait, did. Is, Even... are, we talking about, are we talking about this year? All time, ever. Um, oh, Canadians. I know. I know Wiggins did because a lot of people yes. would crap on him when he was a Timberwolf, even though he was still putting up some really good numbers. Correct. Yes. Right. Nash? And Wiggins has scored 20 or more, more than any other Canadian. He's done it three times already. I'm not surprised. Okay. Three Nash. Others. No. Nash was more of an assists person, I think. Yeah. So I think he got up to like 18 or 19 or something like that, but never 20. If he played in okay. today's NBA, he would. But in the 2000s, they weren't really scoring 120 a night. That's think, a fair point. I think that's a part of it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Shea Gildress? Yeah. Well, he has he's to, yeah. Twice. Okay. Yeah, he has to. Yeah. In fact, he's, <laughs> he's, 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 the, he's got the two highest scoring seasons of a Canadian. 
and this right now he's on track for his third. Um, Damn. Okay, so you got Shea, um, you got Wiggins, you got two more guys. Oh my god. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw out. Uh, I know it's not Tristan Thompson because he's more of a rebounder. <laughs> Scoring buckets, uh, not women. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Man, I gotta get that air horn in there. Uh, I'm gonna throw out because it's the we're playing the in, the Canadian it is. Uh, Benedict. That was gonna be my bonus. Uh, he's not there hey. yet, but oh. he was my bonus. He is on track to be the fifth Canadian average 20 or more points and he's mm. the only one to do it off the bench so wow. dang well done for this him. kids this kid's special man has you, RJ, you jumped the gun uh, there man you got my bonus question already well has, because um, i've been thinking about him too because yeah because yeah. of indiana yeah has rj barrett uh, by any chance for new york i would imagine no yep last year last year was last year was his first yeah okay i i, I knew he, if he didn't he was close yeah, I think he was like 19-something the year prior. But yeah, yeah. you got it. Okay. Uh, okay, one more. You got Shea, baby. <laughs> Shea uh, Wiggins, and RJ, and possibly Mathurin this year. Uh, and then one more, guys. Okay, so it's not Ludort. Okay. <laughs> you guys you guys are doing better than I thought. Uh, okay, I'm kind of cheating a little bit, too. Oh, my God. You're cheating. <laughs> I'm totally cheating. Oh, oh, shoot. Okay, Jamal Murray. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god. So Jamal Murray yeah. is your fourth. I always forget yeah, he's I, back, and that's half the problem. Like I forget that he's playing it because he was out for two years. And I, I of course he should have been the first pick. <laughs> well, when yeah. I was throwing this out, I kind of thought maybe you guys would throw out Nash, which which you end up doing, but good, good on you to, to figure out uh Benedict um because he's he's on track to be the fifth, and that's amazing. And that that leads into you know the, the slate of games, right? The, the Raptors are facing two of the best scoring Canadians like in history right now. So Shea has is gonna finish the season with the the three highest scoring seasons of any Canadian. Um he, he's playing at the pace think of think of him as like and you bring up Lou Dort here, but there's a link between these two and Luka Doncic, right? The way that Shea plays and drives and manipulates the lane is very Luka Doncic like. Um mm. And Luka Doncic recently said that one of the top three defenders he's ever had to face is Lou Dort. So the Raptors will have their hands full against Damn. the Thunder. Let's not look past them. Um, but yeah, I, I have this as a, as a win. Um, the game against the Pacers, I also have... Actually, I have that as a trap game loss. Ooh. Um, oh, God, I because, hope not. A, because they're playing their fifth or their third game in four nights. Uh, B, because they might be looking forward to the Pistons for some odd reason. Um, and and uh, see, because it's, it's I don't know, you, you guys said it, right? Benedict Mathurin, just, he's sick. So anyways, I've, I've, got, I've got Indiana as a surprise loss. Uh, I haven't really thought about Detroit and Miami, to be honest with you, but let, let's say that the Raptors come back and no, no, I don't know. I can't trust. I can't trust Dwayne Casey. I'm going to give Detroit Neither the win can there. I, I know. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> no. The Raptors come back. And they uh, get one, uh, a win against Miami. Lowry's uh, another okay. triumphant return to Toronto. Dre, what about you? What do you feel about, what is your gut feeling when it comes to Thunder, Pacers, Pistons, and Heat? Thunder's going to be a win. Although the fact that they're not catastrophically the worst team in the league is looking really favorable for them. Maybe they do have this bright future that, maybe they do have this bright future that, the front office has been trying to shoehorn. Um, Indiana has to be a, a win. Like, come on. Um, 
<laughs> Trap game. I'm gonna <laughs> also say for a similar reason, uh, is that of, of what I said with the Thunder, Detroit's gonna be a loss. Uh, first off, Dwayne Casey is a curse. Uh, a cur- uh, he's a Nick Nurse curse. Let's put it that way. Uh, secondly, okay. um, they're all okay. They're not doing brilliantly, but they're looking slightly better like they've got a bit of a future with their their young core and everything so i don't know i think the two combined if if the rockets can kind of give us a bit of a run for our money i don't see why detroit can't and they're better um and which leaves us with miami which miami god god bless them i love them but why do they continue to be one of the most unpredictable teams in the world um like their record is not great and i was anticipating a little bit better but i feel like they might be getting better i'm not sure but um it depends i feel like if siakam is still out precious is for sure out but if siakam's still out and i don't really know what our lineup's gonna look like um i'm gonna say it's a loss well Siak- siakam will be out still okay because his reevaluation is, is gonna be the 20th yeah Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to say tonight's going to be a win against the Thunder because they just lost to uh, a a double OT against the Bucks. So they're going to be a little bit winded. Maybe maybe morale's lower there. uh, Or maybe they're pesky and they're desperate for a win. Not too sure, but I'm going to say a win against the Thunder. I'm also going to say a win against the Pacers. And God damn it, the Pistons... I oddly want to say a win, but I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. It could be a Dwayne Casey. You know why. Just, you know why. I do know why. I do. I really do know why. It's because of the, the Dwayne Casey curse. And then the Heat, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna beat the Heat. Um I I really do think that having mm. yes, having Siakam uh and Precious out of the lineup is going to take a lot uh from us, but at the same time I think we have a pretty deep bench and it gives us more opportunity to play players like Otto, like Thad, like Coloco, like Boucher. Uh, and I think they're going to step up because they have to. I mean, OG and Fred can't carry us the entire way. And, and, I, and I think that it's going to be a good test for the young guys and as well as the vets. All right. Let's take a little bit of a break, guys. We'll come back and I can't wait to talk about some storylines with you. So let's let's take a break. I'll talk to you guys soon. And this product and or service can be yours with just a couple of down payments and you will successfully rid yourself of the Dwayne Casey curse. So Nick Nurse, if you're listening. Hey, hey, get, is, take my money. Take is, my money. This is what you need. It was here all along. <laughs> oh, man. If Dwayne Casey, Dwayne Casey has some voodoo going on. Uh, you know, he like prays to the basketball gods every time he he bases us, or he doesn't need to. Maybe you know, Nick Nurse has a photo of of Dwayne Casey or something. Okay, anyways, 
Welcome back to That's a Rap Podcast. A podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. We were talking. We started off with a little somber note because of the injuries and everything like that. But that's okay because the Raptors are still going to be fine with the players that we have with the vet bench mob, as I said on Twitter. Uh, and I think people will agree with you. So, Dre, Jay, I want to talk to you guys about some of the, uh, I don't know, the storylines maybe some surprises when it comes to the western conference as well as the eastern conference because at the moment the utah jazz everyone thought that they were going to tank they're going to get the first overall pick are now number one in the freaking western conference at 10 and 3 and not only that but the trailblazers also are right behind them at number two with a nine and three record guys i don't know about you man but i'm surprised as hell with those two teams how about you guys? Yeah. Gen- I'm genuinely surprised. I think um, I crapped on them the most when we were doing predictions, and um, they have proudly shut me up. He, I think they shut up a lot of people. Like, everyone, including us, they, they're just like, oh, yeah, sure. We'll play the underdogs. Why not? And then now they're, they're like, marketing is playing like a possessed man right now. Man. MIP. He's, he's going crazy. MIP. Ooh, you think so, eh? At this rate, yes. Okay. If you were to, if you were to say one of these teams, I'll tell you this: I think one of these teams will continue. One of them will fall back a bit. Which one do you think? I feel the exact. Which same one do you think has staying power? I think the Jazz I, have staying power, and the Blazers don't. Yep, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yep, I think so yeah. too. I think so too. Yeah. It's um, not like they were they were lucky with a couple of these wins and, and caught teams with like injuries or anything like that. No, like they legit defeated these teams and they look yeah. good doing so so they, they defeated yeah. the hawks they've defeated the clippers the mavericks uh the nuggets like they they're facing pretty good they, they've defeated nuggets twice they, they're playing really really good basketball right now man and it's it's surprising me it's surprising you guys um but you know what i want what about Okay, which one's a little bit more surprising to you? What about the Lakers and or the Timberwolves? I thought the Timberwolves would play be playing a lot better basketball. Maybe it's not as surprising when it comes to the Lakers. But yeah, what do you guys think about those two teams? Well, I mean, I'm highly disappointed in the Timberwolves so far. Um, it's not like, you know, it's like what you said about the, um, about the Jazz, uh, Jay. It's not that they had an easy schedule or anything. They legitimately beat these teams. It's not that the Timberwolves have had a, a difficult schedule. Is there just, I don't know what's going on. Like, uh, D'Angelo Russell on some days doesn't even look like, it doesn't even look like he wants to be there. Anthony. He literally was, did you see that thing of him not being on the court? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was 405. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous. He was like literally like zoned oh, out. No. Anthony Edwards is like, well, I can't dunk when I have two big men and cat. And Rudy Gobert there, so all I could do is lay it out. Like, like, just, dude, you, you're extremely talented. Some... Stop letting your ego drive you. Like, there are so many things, so many boneheaded things. This could be an exemplary team. It could easily be an exemplary team. Unfortunately, I don't think it's enough to just see if they can figure it out. I think one of them will have to go. Probably D'Lo at this point. Um, maybe, maybe Cat for some really big picks, which I don't want to happen, but it probably has to. This right now is a failed experiment. If they are legitimate about reaching the finals, something's going to have to change. 
Meanwhile, the Lakers are undeniably whatever, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, thoughts on Timberwolves, Jay? Yeah, they're, they might be the biggest disappointment. Like, and that, that's saying a lot because, yeah. you know, you, you think about, I mean, all these teams are below 500 right now. There are, there is the Warriors, there's the Heat, right? There's these, these are teams mm-hmm. that should be there. There's the Sixers, there's the Nets, right? These teams should not be under 500, but I get it. It's early in the season, but it's the Timberwolves that really, I think because they're, the expectations for them to make a leap was higher because, you know, Rudy Gobert should add more than takeoff on on the court. And you have a, a coach like Chris Finch, who's, you know, been lauded as, as a bit of a defensive guru here. Yeah. Adding in Gobert should be the, the missing piece. And it's gone in the exact opposite direction. And, and this is very troubling. But here's the other problem. Um, it's not even just the yeah. fact that the defense has gone in the opposite direction. So you would think defense has lowered. Maybe the offense has gone higher. If I'm not mistaken, they have the lowest offensive rating in the league. <laughs> so it's what? Where are you good? Where are you excelling? <laughs> yeah, they they you know the it's the other team you were talking about, the Lakers that actually have the worst um, offensive rating. But it's you know the no. eye test sometimes doesn't match what what the stats say, right? The eye test you look at it and you look at how dif- dysfunctional they look. I, I wouldn't blame you for thinking that they have the lowest offensive rating. They are. I thought they're close. Mm-hmm. They're, it's 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 poor. It's a poorly run offense. It's a poorly and, and the defense is nowhere near what the expectation levels were supposed to be. So, yeah, they're probably the the bigger disappointment here between them and the Lakers. And that's for the Lakers. It's just I think it's now this is like uh, most folks were were low on the Lakers heading into the season. If I look at all of our predictions, for example, no none of us had them higher than ninth. Right. And okay. it's, it's coming to fruition. Right. But I think it's just more it's now the way that they're playing is convincing any of the leftover, you know, Laker fans that thought that they would still overcome um, it's shutting them up, really. But, yeah, this is this is a team that's, that's not going anywhere fast. If, if they still want to, I believe the last report out of the Lakers front office is that they're still not willing to pull the trigger on a Buddy Heald Miles Turner trade uh, because they want to hold on to their picks. Fine then, just waste away the final year or so of of LeBron. I mean, this is the problem with being in the spotlight in LA, right? It's yeah, you will just get keep getting berated with negative media coverage until the move is made, right? You can't just sit around and hope that okay, well, one of these guys will pick it up, or we can move some pieces later. Like no, the the time is now, and they'll be pressured to make some moves. Um, I think eventually they'll make that heel Turner move um, and, and crack it send those picks but yeah this is yeah this is a bad scenario in la i want to go back to the rudy gobert thing let me ask you guys a question if let's say rudy was a free agent and chose the timberwolves to go to the timberwolves for a multi-year deal instead of being uh traded might i add you for one two three three unprotected first rounds and top five protected 2029 and the 2026 swap so that's five first round possibly first round draft picks for rudy gobert would this be uh if he were to have again signed as a free agent would this look better like would the scrutiny would be least or is it because that he was traded for so many picks that this is the more disappointing that's a good question because i don't see it enough but the fact that utah has gotten better uh since he left and minnesota (laughs) 
has gone in the opposite direction is not a good look on Rudy Gobert, fairly or unfairly. Um, mm-hmm. If he had signed there as a free agent, probably not. I think you're 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 hitting on a, a, an interesting point here. Maybe they wouldn't be as scrutinized, but at the end of the day, they still are. Whether he got there by free agency or trade, they're still underperforming. And I think that's what's yeah. stealing more of the headlines here. Yeah. And I just I just took a quick look at at Minnesota's payroll, and it's it's ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll just I'll throw out one, I'll throw out one number. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is on contract for after this year, still another five years. In that fifth year, he has a player option for sixty point six million dollars. Oh my 60, god. Six zero point six. That's, J- that's James Harden James Harden Houston Rockets numbers right there. And the last time they were in a playoffs was when Jimmy Butler was there. Or no, that's not true. When uh yeah, I think so. No, it's well when, they played. Uh, they played in the Patrick play Beverly, last time yeah, when Patrick, Patrick Beverly Beverly was there. Oh, right, that's right, it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, I don't know if that counts though. Ouch. Um, I he has to opt into that one. Well, there's, I mean, there's... it goes. It goes to a bigger point of like, if if Cat continues to underperform next to Gobert, which of the two do you think Minnesota would look to trade? Probably not the guy they just traded for. Traded five people Fair. for, right? So, mm-hmm. if you're thinking about. Cat's got to go. Uh, good luck trading two hundred million in contract yeah. to someone who's willing to get that right. So, yeah. it, it's uh, sorry, Dre. Like this is this is not looking good in Minnesota. I mean, yeah. is it ever? So uh, anyway, let's go <laughs> to the other dumpster fire team. Let's let's talk about the let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers, which we all projected would be a substandard team. We didn't predict that they would be the potential worst team in the league next to the Rockets right now as we speak. Uh, the worst team that LeBron has ever been a part of. Uh, the worst start to a career to a, to a season that LeBron has ever had. A whole plethora of damnation. Like, these Lakers are looking absolutely atrocious. And why do we think that is? Because you have... You're trying to construct star power and names before actually constructing a team first. You have both LeBron and uh, with all his greatness, he's still he's father time never loses. Mm-hmm. You have the same thing with Russell Westbrook and Carl uh, and Anthony Davis, who who is you know again I don't want injury on anybody, but I mean he's injured. He's made of glass, you know. Anytime he falls, it's it's like he's out for another three weeks. I, they had a team. They had a team with member like Caruso, uh, who's that guy on the Wizards that they that they they had. They had, I'm pretty sure they Kuzma? had like Montrez Harrell. Yeah, Kuzma. Uh, they had Lonzo. They had a team around LeBron, and it wasn't bad. You know, they just wanted. They, I don't. I don't know, man. I like. Don't forget all the other people they lost, like Ingram and Randall. <laughs> so Ingram, oh, yeah, like. Well, that that was, was a lot of players. They needed that to get Davis, though, right? Of course, so, of course. But like true. in general, these are all young studs that are like the fact that mm-hmm. the Pelicans are doing kind of well, and they're it's not only because of Zion; it's actually predominantly because of Brendan Ingram. That says a lot. <laughs> and Randall mm-hmm. is doing okay in New York again, like. They they lost a young. I player. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't shit on the how they're constructed based off of how well guys that left are doing. It's it's like saying that DeRozan did so well after leaving the the Raptors. We don't talk about that because the Raptors won a championship. The Lakers won a championship with James and Davis. So I can't shit on those guys Fair not point. being there anymore, and they should be here. 
at the end of the day, the Lakers got a championship, so that's that. But it's just more how you build this team around LeBron James has always been, and we've said this before time and time again, surround him with shooters. And they just yes. kept moving those shooters away. KCP is gone now. Danny Green's gone now. Like these are these seem like minor moves, but it kept moving further and further away from a winning formula for the Lakers. And now look what they're left with. It's so bad right now that Russell Westbrook is a better shooter percentage-wise than LeBron James. Think about that. That's how bad it is in Lakerland right now. Russell is hitting a better percentage of threes, hitting a better percentage of free throws than LeBron James. So we can shit all we want on Russell Westbrook and and how he's not the right fit in this team. But as Jason said, right, like Father Time is starting to catch up a bit on LeBron James, but it's because he doesn't have anything to work with. So he's forced to make bad shots and have right. a really inefficient season so far. So yeah, it's uh you know, this is this is a team that's that's headed down real fast, and uh, I'm just yeah. glad I picked up Lonnie Walker on my fantasy team uh, before <laughs> well <laughs> before done. things got even worse. Well done. Yeah, speaking to your point, I mean, I'm just just looking. I'm just looking at like the the Cavs 2017-2018 roster, right? Take out LeBron James, you have like Cal Culver, Kevin Love, George Hill, Channing Fry, Jay Crowder, Jordan Clarkson. All of those guys are Shooters. deadly from three. Shooters. Then you put LeBron James. Yeah, you put LeBron James in there, and he, who doesn't really. LeBron James is going to get four defenders on him. You're gonna. What is he gonna do? He's just gonna throw it out, and then boom, he has four options for someone to shoot. So of course that's that. It's a great. It's a great way. It's a great way to construct a team. What do the Lakers have right now? Patrick Beverly, Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves, Dennis Schroeder, Scottie Pippen Jr. I'm sorry, I get. Outside of Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, that's not good. That's not a winning formula. So, it's 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 honestly not surprising, but it's also kind of fun <laughs> to <laughs> to see a, a like they're 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 going to be scrutinized no matter what. Even if they were playing okay, let's say they are like in the Clippers situation, who are in sixth place. If the Lakers aren't number one, just because they're the Lakers, they're just going to get scrutinized anyway. The fact that they're two and nine right now and on a four game losing streak with LeBron James out for, I don't know how long this is going to get worse before it gets better. I'm sorry, Lakers fans. I'm sorry. Let's like, you got to move on. Okay. Last question before we go, who is going to get moved first? KD or Anthony Davis? KD. Ooh. Yeah, Katie. I'm like certain KD. about Ooh. it because Anthony Davis is not problematic or anything. It would be fantastic if it wasn't for the myriad of injuries that the poor guy gets. Um, mm. Kevin Durant at this point is showing visible frustration again. I mean, the Nets are doing a little bit better than when they started the season, but he's going to be like with everything going on in the Nets organization. Um, yeah, he, he's the fact that that rumor mill is starting again about him wanting out and everything, um, that did, that, that doesn't just come from nowhere. Uh, you could tell that he's like kind of pissed off to play quite often. He's yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like with everything going on with the Kyrie stuff, with the Nash stuff, with the Simmons stuff, with 
you know, the almost hiring of, of Ime Udoka, the Nets are going through so much damage control right now. So much damage control right now. So if KD's like, hey, listen, now's the time that I want to leave, they, they kind of are, are in no position to say no again. So we'll see. I, I feel like that this mm-hmm. is going to be, because otherwise the Nets went from being one of the most maligned teams to appreciated in the 2000s, 2010s, different years, depending on what season you're looking at. They're going to be like outright laughed at again. And I don't think they want that especially because they've clearly put a lot of money and time into repurposing and rebranding this team over the years. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this is going to be yet another fire being put out and it might be in the form mm-hmm. of Durant leaving. Hmm. I think it's I think it's KD based on perspective. So when we think about what happened initially when, when Steve Nash was fired, the initial reactions were, KD won, right? He, he, he put out the ultimatum yeah. saying, it's Nash, it's Marks, or it's me. Mm-hmm. So Nash is out, so you figure, okay, so KD's going to stick around. Then the rumors start floating around that they might hire Udoka. And the thinking behind that is, is that Udoka just brought the Celtics to the finals. He has the pedigree to do the same with the Nets, mm-hmm. right? But then they don't sign him. And they go with Jacques Vaughn and said, there's nothing wrong with Jacques Vaughn. But Jacques Vaughn was, did not lead a team to the NBA Finals. Also, it shows that so, the organization folds quite easily under pressure. It does. It does. But I'm trying to think about this from Kevin Durant's perspective, right? It is, okay, we're on the cusp of you know putting aside all the stuff that's happening off the court, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. Bringing in a coach that has finals pedigree versus Jacques Vaughn, which one do you think he would have liked more, right? So... I'm thinking that that might sway some of the decisions. Like he's he's already volatile as it is, and he's already expressed you know some disinterest with Ben Simmons and with the team in general. He's he's a ticking time bomb, and if if Jacques Vaughn does not turn things around in Brooklyn quickly, I mean, you yeah, I'll guarantee you this. Regardless of if he asks for a trade or not, the calls are being made. Teams are calling Brooklyn yeah. right now, and they're they're mm-hmm. gauging what the threshold is right to acquire KD because that's that's how volatile it is right now in Brooklyn. So I, I'm thinking it's it's more KD that will yeah. go and and maybe someone rebuffs their their the trade package that they were offering in the summer. Or maybe Brooklyn just has lowered their their asking price because it is really ugly now. So yeah. I'm thinking it's KD. Uh it, I I like I like Jafon as much as the next person, but don't forget that he let the Raptors bench score a hundred points. Let's just put Amazing. it out there. My favorite. Don't stat. know, right? Exactly. That's a great. It hasn't <laughs> been beaten yet, right? Not even close. So. That that has to be. Yeah, I don't think that's one of the, that's one of those stats that I don't think will ever be broken for a very long. It's time. a round number too. Like yeah. <laughs> Like it's, like the Will Chamberlain. A, it's like remembering, yeah. It's exactly. Like I'm you're telling you, Will Chamberlain. I'm telling you. As soon as that happened, Will Chamberlain Jr. wanted to join our team. He's like, ah, this is this is pure synergy. My my father scored a hundred, <laughs> and now you guys scored a hundred. This is meant to be. This is meant yeah, to be. Is, <laughs> that's why. That's why he cited for sure. All right. Well, before we go, uh, Dre Jay, do you guys have a weekly recommend for this week? I do, but I, I want. I want Dre to go first. If he has okay, me. Dre. Oh, God, do I absolutely do. And I've brought this up before, okay. but I don't care. I'm bringing it up again. Um, do it. The series finale of Atlanta was that, was last night. and it. Oh, it, how was it? 
absolutely sensational. It's so well calculated and well made that it okay. redefines the entire series. And I, already, I've been up all night, and even this morning, I've woken up to full-on essays and theses on what the entire series means now because the ending is so interpretational and it just opens it opens the door on the entire series and the tone of the series and why everything is the way that it is it's a brilliant finale that i feel like is going to be considered amongst the best maybe even top 10 of all time in a couple of years wow, wow. It's, I, i'm telling that's you coming, that's coming that's coming from dre it's it's that's a coming brilliant you, finale like i i don't know for sure but i would say unquestionably top 20 finale unquestionably for sure top 20 finale that i've ever seen um and yeah, season four in general has just been brilliant. Um, yeah, it reminded me so much of a lot of my favorite series, like Twin Peaks, um, The Leftovers. Yeah, absolutely sensational. And I can safely say, now that it's done, and I, and it didn't have any major flubs or downfalls or anything, Atlanta is one of the greatest series of our time. That's my recommendation. Binge watch the whole yeah. thing. You won't be disappointed. I can't wait. Well, I can't. I got. I got to watch that. Uh, Jay, can you top that? No, I can't. I'll try to. Um, <laughs> so, the one hundredth episode of the K Cut is happening. What? So I'm gonna hey. recommend. Hey, oh. man. I'm that gonna recommend that, the K Cut. That beats Atlanta right there. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, that's that's too kind. Thank you for the. Uh, thank you for that for the one hundredth episode. Not to plug myself, just to give you some context because we just recorded it. Uh, the AFI, the American Film Institute, uh, did this series of lists called the Top 10, Top 10. Um, 10 lists of 10 of different genres, like animation, which isn't a genre, but they called it one. Um, animation, fantasy, mystery, that sort of stuff. And we just basically spent an hour saying what the best films of each of these genres were. So you have about 40 picks of, because uh, we tossed some extras. 40 picks of our favorite films ever. Um, it's just pure cinephilia. So thank you for shouting us out. That's really kind. And nice, and since man. since you have the floor right now, can I ask you, like, what like, how much prep goes into an episode like that for you? Uh, for all of us, none. Because it's, it's our entire wow. lives. It's our entire lives, right? It's this is what we have grown up on. You know, when you're a cinephile, you're watching stuff, like, all the time. Like, all the time. Uh, I do know some, like, critics who profess to have seen, like, a, a film a day for every day for, like, the last 30 years or so. And that's basically kind of what it's like. So, like, wow. um, yeah. And cinephilia is also not just about loving the same movies and rewatching them. It's about discovering stuff. So, uh, you know, I picked two co-hosts that share this love as much as i do and you know we just watch stuff you know so we watch so much stuff every year now the other question is uh, for some other episodes we do a bit of research so we do a monthly segment called cinematic smorgasbord where we recommend a film to another co-host which they've never seen before so we watch that and That's we watch a collective pick which we have all not seen before so at least two from those but occasionally we'll do some really interesting ones where it's like we're going to pick an actor or an actress, something that we've never seen before, something that we have, kind of write some stuff down or discovering films of genres that we're not really privy to. So it's, it depends when it comes to some months and some episodes, like what 
is on our docket. But for something like yesterday's, we know how we feel already because we've seen, like, I, I I can safely say I've seen thousands of movies, which is a little ridiculous, and I apologize, but. <laughs> I just find it's funny when you say you're going to recommend a film that they haven't seen. Like, that's got to be hard to find one, let alone one that you would recommend. You have no idea. Uh, because <laughs> it's supposed to be a surprise each time, uh, they, uh, uh, both my co-hosts are often like messaging me cryptically, like, have you seen a film in 1973 starring a certain person and somebody else directed by this film or by this director? And if I say, oh, yeah, you're talking about the Manchurian Candidate. I'll be like, oh, shit. But if it's like, oh, oh, I don't know what that is, they're like, okay, I'm recommending you that next time. And I'm like, okay. So it's like, it's like, we should do that. Okay. We we should do that for us. We should just like slyly like ask trivia questions like in, in 1997, this Toronto Raptors. Oh, I'm going to get killed. Uh, Going up against Jay, I'm going to get killed. I can't do that. That's true. This is why I lay it easier on you guys with the trivia stuff. I can't do that. You guys got the Canadian stuff. You're a statistician. I can't do that. It's true. Anyway, enough about my dumbass. Jason, do you have any weekly recommendations? Well, I did, but I feel like I like I can't not shout out uh, K Cut, man. Like I'm so proud of you to get that's a, that's a huge episodes. achievement. Oh, that's man. that's a huge achievement. Are you kidding me? Thank like you, you gotta pop the champagne. You gotta you know like keep going, brother. Like we we're I think for us we're at like episode two thirty five or something like that. And oh like but on on Raptors so- HQ on Raptors HQ. We're about to hit 200. We're about hey, two episodes you go. away from that. There you we go. And, that, and that's an impact. That's an amazing feeling. You know, the fact that we've done this for this long and we've talked together about something that we love for for so many episodes, and the fact that you've also, uh, J- Dre, uh, talked about something that you are so passionate about a hundred different times, and for I hope you go on for another hundred. So I want to say congratulations to you too, brother. Keep going, man. Oh, many thanks. I appreciate that so much, and it's a pleasure to do this bot as well. Um, like, I. I am surrounded by cinephiles on it on on the regular because that's just who I was, you know, friends with and everything growing up. I don't know as many people in the in the sports space, especially ones that aren't hostile and or bigoted, like especially like what you'll find online. So it's been an absolute pleasure to do this podcast with you guys as well. Fair point. Oh man, I love it. Well, there you go, man. Congratulations to to Dre, man, and your your team at K Cut, man. It's that's an awesome thing. So for for all of us on on that's rep, make sure to follow us at that's rep pod. Uh, and find us on all your podcatchers such as Spotify and Apple. Dre, can I have the last word on this one? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, Raptors fans, that's a rep. And also, congratulations to Ash Ketchum. You finally <laughs> caught him all. <laughs> well, he won the, the world and championship, the best. apparently. <laughs> you are the very best that no one ever was.